0: Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds, which you can listen to every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Folks, hope you're having a wonderful day. It's uh, starting to get warmer outside, which is nice. It's only a good sign, too, for the coronavirus and trying to get rid of this thing. Warmer weather is always a plus. So I hope it continues to get warm and I hope it continues to get closer and closer to some positivity dealing with the coronavirus where maybe all of this can finally, finally come to an end, which I know is what we're all hoping for and get back to normalcy and get back to sports. Uh, We're going to be joined by Eric Musselman later in the podcast and have an interview that we had with him actually on my show on 137 The Buzz. Really great stuff and I really appreciate Coach coming on because he had some really great insight Obviously, on everything going on in his program and and some of the ways he's utilizing social media, trying to stay active and stay current and stay up to date on everything. So it's been great. It's been really great. But, uh, you know, before we get to him and and play that interview, I wanted to say that with all the positivity that's going on with Razorback basketball right now, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out where my expectations should be placed. Because as we've mentioned, that this great recruiting class that Arkansas has put together is one of the best that they've had in quite some time. And it's crazy because if you look at 247 sports, Arkansas has the sixth best recruiting class in the country, but the fourth best in the SEC. So even in basketball, they can't even have that. Uh, But still, it's a really great class, and it's a matter of what you actually do with it. And the thing about being a great basketball team is you have to have pretty consistent – uh, recruiting classes to be put together before you can really start knowing how good of a program you're going to be or really what direction you're going to be going with it. And, you know, I, I feel like that every time that Arkansas has had a really good recruiting class or really hyped recruiting class, it, not to say that it never delivered, but it certainly didn't get them to that next level, to that next point. And it could be uh, a number of things. It could be like that time when Olu Famutimi was a five-star player, and people thought he was going to come in and set the world on fire, and he didn't. Or it could have been the time where it was B.J. Young and Kai Madden and Devontae Abron and, and Hunter Mickelson and those guys. Well, most of the, one of the guys, I believe, I'm trying to, of course, I can't remember his name. It just escaped me. Just drew a blank. But... He was part of that class, too, in, in the state of Arkansas. I ended up going to Texas Tech. can't believe I forgot his name. Anyways, you guys are probably yelling in your radios right now telling me this. But anyways, he <laughs> never made it to Arkansas. Uh, Hunter Mickelson transferred out after year two. Devontae Abram transferred out after year one. B.J. Young went, quote, unquote, pro after year two. And Kai Madden stuck around. He was the only one. Uh, and, of course, the, even before that, that class that had Rodney Clark and Co- Courtney Fortson and Montrell McDonald and... Uh, Andre Clark and uh, you know uh, Brandon Moore. That was one of the top classes in the country, too. I think it was top 10. You know, you, you saw Courtney Fortson tra- uh, went, went pro. You had Andre Clark and Brandon Moore transfer out. Montreal McDonald quit very early. Jason Henry, he had some issues. I forgot about him. He was a really highly regarded player. But the point is, is that they've always had these really good classes, really hyped up classes. But for some reason, they never really panned out into that next level of success. And – I think part of it is that sometimes you know, you just miss on recruiting. Recruiting services even miss as well. Sometimes you just don't have the right pieces. You don't have enough players surrounding them. You don't have the core group. Uh, you know Sometimes it can be that. But the reason I believe that this recruiting class, this recruiting class with all these great kids that are from the state of Arkansas, inside the state of Arkansas, is going to be different. And this is just going through my research and doing some of the looking back on those classes. These are players that other big-time blue-blood programs went after, at least for the most part. I mean, Moses Moody had everybody going after him. K.K. Robinson had offers pretty much anywhere he wanted to go. I mean, those are the types of players that if you start getting those guys consistently to come into your program and you get a year or two at least out of them, that's something to build upon. And – it's no longer one of those things where it's like, okay, this five star, he's coming to Arkansas, but you know, he doesn't really have any major offers anywhere else. And what gifts? Why why is that? Why are they is something wrong with him? Does he have grade issues? Is it academics? What what could it possibly be? Now I'm not saying that's the way it is with every kid, but there is that element of thinking when it comes to how these kids are handled and how they're approached. So you don't have that here. All these kids that are highly regarded are highly regarded by everybody, and so much so that other big-time schools wanted to come after them. You had that in the mix, get some big-time transfers coming in, possibly get Isaiah Joe coming back, and you got you one sexy team, a team that will be able to finally make it to that second weekend in the NCAA tournament. That's not too much to ask. That's not too crazy to think about. And that's where my excitement rises with. And it, and, and it may fall. You know, We'll see how the season actually goes. But I'm residing there. I'm going to be hyped about this team. I think this team is going to be next-level good, and I think that it's going to change a lot of the dynamics on how we approach this team and the coaching of Eric Musselman and his recruiting style. If he can do it this year, maybe even next year and the year after that by getting these top five, top ten recruiting classes year in and year out, then we can have some fun. Then we can start making some noise. Hit that transfer portal, baby. Let's ride. Let's see how it goes. But I'm excited. I know a lot of you are as well. And given this recruiting class, there's a lot of reasons to be.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
0: Coach Eric Musselman of the Arkansas Razorback basketball team. Good afternoon, Coach. How are you doing? I'm doing great.
1: Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on with us. I know it's been a crazy time, and I know it's been a crazy time for you especially, but uh, Howard, I just want to ask you to start here. How have you been handling all of this? This is something that was unprecedented, and no one was really prepared for it, but you as a coach, you've had some good signings, you've had some some practices, you've had some things going on, so how has it all been going for you?
1: Well, we've been busy. Uh, You know, we've been watching a lot of film uh, of transfers. We obviously, um, you know, it was a year-long process with our four – Um, incoming freshmen that'll be joining us. Um, that was a 12 month process really, but the transfer market is, it it goes fast and furious. And so there's a lot of evals and a lot of film work that goes in. We've done a ton of Skype, um, virtual tours, those type of things. Um, actually, I'm, I'm walking out right now, taking a little break. We've, we've done four of them today and, We'll probably do another three or four to, to tonight yet. Um, starting to do those now with high school kids. We have just been doing those virtual tours with, um, you know, the transfers. So we're working every day extremely hard. Obviously, you know, the biggest thing with your current team is, you know, you don't, wanna, you don't want them to feel a disconnect. So we're, uh, we're starting to do Zoom sessions with them. We had one the other day. We'll do another one tomorrow. Um, so we've been busy. We've uh, been busy doing that, doing funny videos, and and just trying to stay as active as we can.
2: And coach, speaking of the funny videos and kind of you know filling in the time, what's what was it like to do those Instagram live with the players that you got in in this class with KK Robinson and Moses Moody?
1: Yeah, you know, we, it, it was kind of a my wife had come up with the idea of. Um, you know, because we don't have any real true press conferences right now that 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 would be a way for our fans, Um, you know, to be able to get to know our guys. I think that it gave the players, you know, this is a special time for them when they sign. Um, So we wanted to to have some feel, uh, even without, you know, a true press conference um, where those guys felt um, that they could kind of start to build their brand and, and and start to let our fans know who they are from a personality standpoint so that was that was something fun uh, for them and, and obviously my wife is a, is a pro at doing that so um, she enjoyed doing it and and you know it, it it gave our fans you know three different opportunities to try to get to know our our new players which i feel was
0: well, Coach, that was what I was going to ask you because you said it was your wife's idea. Is How much of this stuff that you do on social media, which I appreciate because I'm a big fan of uh, social media and all the stuff that comes along with it, is it like a team effort between you two? Does she come up with most of it? How, how does all that work? No, I mean, she
1: like the Instagram Live, she definitely came up with. But, but most of the um, off-the-wall stuff is, is myself or, um, our, you know, we have a thing called the Think Tank every morning. Uh, we do it with myself, my son, Michael, uh, Pat Eckerman, Anthony Ruda, Hayes Myers, um, and Riley Hall, but that, that inner circle with me, we get together every morning. Um, and we, I have a bunch of notes highlighted from something that I've read from the night before that morning on when I was, when I'm doing my, my morning cardiovascular work and we just start sharing ideas and, and one idea will spur another idea like the, uh, when I did the practice in front of um, no 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 with no players in an empty you know practice court, that was Pat Eckerman's idea, and then that idea spurred me to say, you know, hey, I'm going to go you know coach in front of a an empty Bud Walton, and then that spurred the idea, hey, we were actually doing a photo shoot, and I said, hey, I'm going to just jump in here and act like a fan. So, <laughs> but one idea will kind of create two or three new ones that. Um, uh, you know, the 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 idea of driving by Bud Walton and honking with signs, um, you know, to, to celebrate our, our signing class. Um, that was basically an idea. We had a birthday party that we went to for one of my daughter's friends, uh, basically where everybody drove by the house and you know, you're in a line and you're honking your horn. I said, Hey, we we should do that for the signing class. So, um uh, We're just trying to be creative and try to have fun with our fans, promote our program the best we possibly can.
0: Well, you brought up the video when you were a fan, Coach, and I think that cracked me up because it's like you were acting like the fan, but I'm sure some of the stuff you were saying or you were criticizing the team on the court (laughs) for – were things that you've probably heard from fans this past season, so I think it was a great way to try to have some fun with it too. But when you do, you hear that stuff is it via social media? Do you hear it just in the stands? How do you know what people are getting upset and criticizing for during games?
1: <laughs> well, look, I mean, I don't hear it, but I know it. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's like, um, so certainly, and it wasn't like those are some of the things fans say. We know those are all the things they're saying. There's probably more. <laughs> but, yeah, there's no doubt. Like, uh, like we wanted to kind of poke fun at the fan and also poke fun at ourselves, which is kind of why we did that.
2: And, Coach, uh, another popular social media platform that's out there is TikTok. And I know that uh, we know that your daughter Mariah has gotten some of the players to participate in a TikTok video with her before so has she gotten you to the point where you're doing TikTok videos?
1: <laughs> well, D- Danielle and Mariah put two out yesterday on on Mariah's. They've asked me to, um, th- th- like the only the only TikTok thing that I'll do is that flip it one, and only if it's done exactly like J J Lo and A Rod did. Otherwise, <laughs> I told Danielle I'm not participating.
0: Well, hopefully we can look forward to that if that ends up actually happening. I know it'll be a great one for sure. Uh, uh, Coach, uh, I want to shift gears a little bit to you and ask about Isaiah Joe specifically. Uh, It it was earlier this week he decided to put his name in the NBA draft, has not hired an agent. Uh, What were the conversations that you had with Isaiah about this decision? Uh, Is there a timetable? Just kind of give us the overall situation with Isaiah.
1: Yeah, so, you know, Isaiah, obviously, you know, is is a guy that that has NBA aspirations. And, uh, you know, he's on NBA mock drafts uh, right now for the most part in that middle to late second round. Um, And so he's he's testing the waters. Uh, He already got all the undergraduate um, information from the NBA where they put players into certain um, buckets is what they call it, um, you know, one bucket's a lottery bucket, one bucket's a first-round bucket, and then they have some second-round category buckets as well. Um, and then he put in his official letter uh, just the other day to, to say that, hey, he is in the draft, uh, which now means, I think it's May 4th, when the the Skype interview um, because there would be no personal interviews as of right now for, for draftees. Um, And then we're trying to gather as much information as of last week. We had talked to 23 of the 30 NBA teams, Um, although I talked to Golden State again yesterday. So now we're up to 24 Um, just gathering information um, for Isaiah to try to say, hey, this is kind of what we're hearing. Um, Here's strengths. Here's maybe areas of improvement. If you come back, Um, you know, maybe this is what teams think you should do. Um, And we did the same thing. for. We had three guys as underclassmen my last year at Nevada, Jordan, Caroline, Cody, and Caleb Martin. They all three went through the process. The year before that, Cameron Oliver did. So we've had four guys in a really, really short time frame. Um, And then we've also obviously got Mason and Isaiah doing the same thing now. So we, we feel like we have a pretty good plan, a very, very, very detailed way that we handle it with the guys. Um, and we have enough NBA contacts between myself and, and Coach Mosier and, and, and obviously Earl Boykins being on the staff where we can talk to some NBA people and get some feedback and so on and so forth to try to, to, try to give back to Isaiah and his father, Derek. And, and then they'll make the right decision. They, uh, you know, they, 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 they listen well. They ask the right questions. Uh, I think that they have trust in, in, in our staff as well as having trust in the whole NBA Uh, system and how it's set up and how it can work for them, uh, whether they go pro or whether they come back.
2: We're talking to Coach Eric Musselman on the West End Cigars Hotline. Now, Coach, I know this is a different time from what it's been in the past, and right now players may be in pre-draft camps and going through the combine. What kind of conversations have you had with people and personnel in the NBA as far as what they're going to do at this time to try to move these players forward because they're not doing those things?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, they really don't know. Um, you know, it really hasn't hit the media too much, but there's people wondering, um, is this draft going to get pushed back? And and, and, and one of the reasons why it potentially would, would, would have to get pushed back um, is even just the medical reports, because obviously if you're going to invest in a player, um, the medical reports, especially for lottery picks um, and, and, and those first – you know, 20 picks, it becomes it's very important. Obviously, in the second round, the medical reports are not as important because not all those contracts are guaranteed. The money's much different than a first-rounder, and, and, and even the first-rounders are much different than the lottery picks. So uh, the medical stuff is going to be really important. Uh, anytime you're talking about a draft, and, and I've heard people say, well, the, the NFL is going with their draft on Thursday, but that's a little bit different because the NFL had already gone through Uh, their draft combine, their medical reports were already in, uh, where right now would be the time frame that NBA teams would start doing things uh, for the draft. And and I don't think the NBA will make any decision whatsoever uh, on what happens with their draft until they understand what's going to happen. Is there going to be a continuation of the regular season at the NBA level? Is there going to be some type of playoff format at the NBA level? And until they understand what's going to happen with the remainder of the games, the remainder of the playoffs, there's no way they're going to make a decision. I would not think on the draft process until that other decision is made.
0: We'll continue on our conversation with Erica Musselman here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast here in just a second. Stay with us.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
0: All right coach last one before I let you get out of here though I want to take you back to a moment uh, in the in your first season at Arkansas obviously and I'm not going to ask you what I asked about Dusty Hannes if he hates Kentucky because you know it's a little different as you as a coach but I have a strong disdain <laughs> for the University of Kentucky for obvious reasons and that that game that Arkansas had obviously is one that uh, you wish you could have had back in Arkansas getting the victory but when that atmosphere was there and that game and that buildup, uh, there hasn't been something like that at Bud Walton Arena in quite some time. What did you uh, – if that was your first – maybe one of your first experiences of having that atmosphere. What was that like for you as a coach? How, how, was that – and that extra boost that you, your team needed to really play uh, outside their mind? Just tell us about what that moment and what that game was like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think our – you know, I think the fan base here is incredible. I mean – you know, the game in Little Rock was off the chain. It was awesome. It was loud. It was enthusiastic. It was a Kentucky game at Bud Waltz, probably as good an environment as anybody could ever experience, uh, whether it be a player or a fan in the building that night. And, and it started, you know, uh, early in the morning. I mean, I got here really early that day, and uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, fans were lined up, wrapped around the building. It was it was cold. It was a little bit rainy, um, and and the students were out there in support, and the student section was rocking. And um, you know, obviously, you want to win every game you possibly can, but 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 it's still at the end of the day, you know, sports is an entertainment business, and and that game when you walked out of Bud there's no question. There was probably 19,000 disappointed fans that that we didn't win, and nobody was more disappointed uh than that locker room when we walked in there, you know, we were, we were, we were hurt. We felt we could have won the game. Uh, but having said that, I think as time passes, we can all whoever was in that building say that was worth the money to go to the game. That was whatever the ticket price was. It was well worth it. Uh, it was, it was way more entertaining than a, than a two hour movie. It was way more entertaining than something you could watch on Netflix. Uh and, and so that's what we want to create. We want to create an environment where, for those two hours, uh, people are, are into it. There are people watching in the crowd. They're enthused by the way that our ball club's playing. And then, along with that, you certainly hope you win basketball games along the way.
0: Absolutely. It was a lot louder than all those things, too. I can guarantee you that, and I'm sure uh, you knew that better than anybody. That's Coach Erica Musselman. Really appreciate it, Coach. I know you got a lot on your plate, but we appreciate the time nonetheless. Thanks, uh, enjoy John. it, and we'll see you later down the road.
1: Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so
0: much. Go Hawks. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.